Today, we want to focus on a particular character in Chronicles, uh, uh, Second Chronicles. It comes across as history, what we're going to be reading today. But the, the encouragement I have in looking at this uh, passage today is, uh, comes from Romans chapter 15, Romans 15 verse 4. I take my encouragement from this um, in Romans chapter 15 verse 4 the Bible says that for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope so there are certain um, details in the Old Testament that you might sometimes gloss over over them. But all those things, Romans tells us that they, they were written for our learning. That through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. This very text itself is very comforting. And I love it. And... Um, We, we know very well in the book, um, in, the, in, the, in the life of David, God promised him that he would have his seat sitting upon his throne after he's dead and gone. And God has always remained faithful. We know Saul did a very... Um, Tactic work, as, as, as far as the kinship was, was concerned, the work wasn't very beautiful. So God said he's chosen himself, he's found himself a, a man after his own heart that would do his bidding and gets David on, on board. And the record of David in, in Chronicles is, is quite u- unique. It says something like, um, he worked with God perfectly except in the issue of Uriah. As far as his work with God was concerned, he was blameless, except in the issue of Uriah. And um, that's a very wonderful thing to be, to be said about a man like David. And we know that, of course, David repented, and before he died, he passed on neatly. I mean, whatever needed to, probably to, be, to be passed on to his, to his son Solomon. Now, one thing that we also realize is that when it comes to the kings of Israel, they were supposed to be covenant keepers or covenant preservers. They were representatives of God as far as the people were concerned. When the king went astray, the whole nation went astray. As you look through the kings, you see this very thing being repeated. Now, what we see here in Chronicles is, uh, is um, a repetition of what has happened already and the people are being told or they, they've been informed so they will not go along that same road again. And today, what we're going to be seeing is um, the path of a man called Asa. 
his beginning was wonderful. But the way he wound up is something else. And the Bible says that all this were written for our learning. So through patience and comfort, we might have hope. So, David does a good job, followed after by Solomon. And during Solomon's time, he, in his wisdom, goes off course. So the Lord tells him that the kingdom will be divided after him. But because of David, he will still keep some tribe for David's seeds. So after Solomon dies, or after, after Solomon, the kingdom is d- divided, and his son, Rehoboam, comes and, um, as a king. You remember, God was displeased with Israel asking for a king in the book of Samuel. Because God was their king. And they said they wanted a king. So all throughout the kings, you realize that they, they never are able, apart from David. I mean, each one of them seems to come and something goes wrong. So re- repeatedly we see their failure. That what God says at the, at the beginning is right and true. That man is not capable of governing his people. God has to do it. Hallelujah. And we thank God for Christ Jesus. That today he is a king of the church. Hallelujah. But there's still something to be learned from here. So after Rehoboam comes Abijah. Abijah doesn't do any, any good job. And Asa comes online. But when Asa comes, you know, usually when you're reading the kings or the, or, or the chronicles, what you, what you see is that if the father was evil, the son is evil. But Asa has two successive, uh, his grandfather and his, and his father, both don't please the Lord. I mean, they are evil. And then he comes on the scene and he is a godly man. He turns Judah the right way. And that's incredible that we got to give him the credit for that. Thank God for his life. I'm not, um, come with me to um, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, please. Second Chronicles 14. Praise the Lord. So, Asa rules all together. He rules you. He rules Judah, but it's comprising of Judah and Benjamin for 41 years. And for the first 35 years, everything is perfect, wonderful. But then the end, after the 35th year, things take a different turn. Now, what we see here is how Asa began. Let's look at it from verse 1 to 4. We see, so Abijah slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his, in his days, the land was quiet ten years. Verse 2. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Verse 3. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord, God of their fathers, 
and to do the law of the commandments. Now, as long as Asa did that, look at verse 7. As long as he did that, therefore he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. So as long as Asa sought God, Israel sought God. And they had rest from their enemies and they prospered. That was his beginning. Wonderful. I mean, excellent. Because looking at how the forefathers have done evil, I mean, what example, what good example did Asa have? None. But here he comes on the stage and he walks with God. That's incredible. That sometimes you have um, a young child come out of, of a house and, and get to know God, even though the parents don't know God. But God is able to meet that, that child. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I also want to take you to verse 8 to 15. During the time of the kings, you know, everyone was striving for the mastery. Everyone was striving for mastery. Um, so they will go about and conquer land and conquer lands. Because everyone, everyone wants to be the boss around the, the whole a- area. And I want us to look at Asa's attitude when it came to war. In verse 8, he said, And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears. Out of Judah, 300,000. And out of Benjamin, that bare his shield and drew bows, 204 score. Thousand. 280,000. So almost 600 warriors. And all these were mighty men of valor. Verse 9. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian, which had an, an host of a thousand thousand. That's a million. So while Asa had just about more than a, a million, half, a, half of a million, million, he had a million warriors and came, and came against Asa. Looking at the numbers, Asa will not win. Because uh, in those days, numbers did count. <laughs> then, verse 10, Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathah at Merasha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art God, let no man prevail against thee. Shall we go on? So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled and Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar and the Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not that they could not recover them themselves how wonderful they were overthrown and they could not recover themselves that, that, 
God really dealt with them. They could not put themselves together. They couldn't believe it that such could happen to them. A number less than them could overtake take them. You see, God does not fight with numbers. <laughs> Hallelujah. God does not fight with numbers. He is God all by himself. And verse his, and the Lord okay, verse 14 and they smote them and they smote all the cities around them for the fear of the Lord for the fear of the Lord came upon them and spoiled them and spoiled, and, and spoiled all the c- cities for there was exceeding much spoil in them they smote also the tents of cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Asa had the right attitude towards God. He knew how to go into battle. Asa had the numbers, right? 680,000 is not a small number. I mean, compared to Gideon's 300. So he had quite a, num- quite, a, quite a number to go with. But Asa's confidence was not in the military. He had them. They're trained. They went forward. What we are saying is not that, you know, um, forget about anything to do with the military and then just go. He went with them. But his confidence was in Jehovah God who was able to deliver them. He did not trust the army. To God be the glory. Now, one more thing about Asa. Chapter 15. In chapter 15, after they won the battle, the Lord sends his prophet to meet Asa. And he gives him a word. You know, God doesn't take things for granted. The fact that Asa has prayed to him and has had victory doesn't mean that Asa, need no, Asa needs, need, needs no instruction. God has to make sure that Asa is on the right track. So, see what God does. And the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he and, he, and went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Hello. So, God makes it very, very plain. He's not mincing words here. Asa, you've cried unto me, I've given you victory. But not one thing. Victory from the Lord comes from relationship with the Lord. Hello. Victory from the Lord comes from relationship with the Lord. If you will worship me and not disobey me, then you see victory. I will grant you victory. 
in all the endeavors, in all your endeavors, I'll grant you victory. I'll cause you to triumph because you worship me and you obey me. But the day you decide to disobey or as you begin to disobey me, you will not see my victorious hand. I thought that was very, very plain. That, that, that was very simple. Wonderful. You see, some people seem to be of the idea that, you know, once they are born again, it don't matter what they do. I mean, they're born again. They've got their ticket <laughs> to paradise. So, whatever they do, God is backing them because they're born again. He says, I require that you follow me. You cannot abandon my precepts, my commands, and then expect that all things will go hard Duncan, for you. And Asa heeds to this. He does not flinch. He takes God at his word. Watch what, watch what Asa does. When he hears this, verse 10, Chapter 15, verse 10. When Asa hears this, that's what he does. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen and seven thousand sheep and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul watch this that whosoever will not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death whether small or great whether man or woman. Hello. This was Asa's response to what the Lord, to the instruction of God. When he gets instruction, he acts on it. And he rallies the whole people to get back to basis. To get back to what God wants them to do. To worship him. As he ought to be worshipped. To the extent that if a person will not worship God. He will be cut off. That was not all. Verse 16. Let's read on. Okay. Let's go through, through verse 14. And they, and they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice. And with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced, verse 15, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath. They were not upset. They were not angry. They loved it. For they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. And in verse 16, and Asa, and also concerning Maka, the mother of Asa, the 
the king. He removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cowed down her idol and stamped it and burned it at the brook of Kidron. Praise the Lord. She removed the queen mother from her position. I mean, from her, from, from her, from her post. That was how zealous he was for God. Because God says, if you worship me, you see my victorious hand in your life. But if you disobey me, and Asa doesn't want to have anything to do with disobedience. So he cleaned everything out. And in boldness, removed the queen mother from her post. I think we need such boldness in the house of God, don't we? We need such boldness. Because sometimes it becomes difficult to tell people you are affiliated with that you know, step down. You're not doing it right. God doesn't like this. Until you sort yourself out, you sit back and get things straight. I mean, no messing around. When it is with God, it is serious business. You either obey God or you don't. And Asa won't have nothing to do with idol worshipping or anything to do with disobedience against God. He wants to go all out with the Lord. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. As we said earlier on, everything was wonderful until the 35th year, 41 years he, he, he reigned as king. And for the first 35 years, everything was fine. Then come to verse 19. Of Second Chronicles chapter 15. And there was no more war unto the thirty unto the unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. The moment the scriptures start giving you such hints, it means something is going to turn around. As much as his devotion is for, is for our learning, the next curve is also for our, our learning. Let's look at it. Chapter 16 from verse 1. And I'm just going to read through it. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of, of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah. To the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. So king of Basha, that is the Israel king, came to besiege Asa's kingdom. And he started building <laughs> around it. So no one will go in, no one will come out. Eventually what will happen? The famine will begin to take place in the, in the land. So either they will just surrender, surrender and, be, and be conquered or something. This is what Asa does. Verse 2. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that draw at Damascus, saying, 
there is a league between me and thee. Sorry, there is a league between me and thee. As there was between my father and thy father. What has Asa got to do with his fathers? For 35 years, he's not gone their way. Now he's telling the king of Israel, as there was a leak between you, between you and my father, so let it be between us now. What has happened? Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy leak with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of, of Israel and smote Ajon and Dan and, and Abelmaim and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Basha heard it that he left off building of Ramah and let his work cease. Verse 6. Then Asa the king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof where Basha was building and he built there with Geba and Mizpah. <sighs> Asa, when he faced a million warrior army, called upon the Lord and said, Lord, let no man prevail against you. And God gave him a victory. I mean, victory. Such a victory. 35 years down the line, Asa faces the same issue. And this time around, what does he do? He takes the silver and the gold in the house of the, of, the, of the Lord and in the king's house and goes to give it to a man and say, do you know what? Don't help Israel. So what the man does is he goes to fight the towns of Israel. So King Basha stops what he's doing, leaves Asa alone. So what Asa does works. Hello? It did not backfire. It worked. Sometimes we get the impression that if we do not rely upon God and then we, and then we go our own way, things will just fall flat. Sometimes not immediately. Sometimes it works fine. It goes well. And therein lies the temptation. Because it goes smoothly. It goes well. You've done it your own way and it goes well. I think that's it. I've, I've done it. Because King Bashan leaves him and he takes all the things and then takes all the spoil and then even goes go and builds cities for himself. So it works. But only for a while. Those things do not last long. But at least it works for a while. What we are saying here is, it is a sad situation. Now, look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. And at that time, 
Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. And then God reminds him, were not the Ethiopians and the Lubians a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thy hand. God reminds him. So we know clearly that what Asa has done here is totally going back. I mean, he's turned his back on the Lord now. So what he does seems to work. He's a seat in, in it. But it is a total turnaround from the work he has had for 35 good years. And he only had a few years left. Five. Only had six years left. He comes 35 years. And then only six years left, he turns his back on the Lord and does not finish his race as he should have. He does not finish like the Apostle Paul who says, I have finished the race. I have run my course. I have fought a good fight. Now is laid before me a crown of righteousness. We have begun a good work. We will finish strong. Hallelujah. We will finish strong. Oh, I said you will finish strong. Hallelujah. We will fight a good fight. At the end of our race, we will say we have fought a good fight. Praise God. Now, there is something I want to bring to your attention. Even though Asa seemed to have had victory or seemed to have won temporarily. Although God was not displ- I mean, God was displeased with, with what he has done. But Asa is changed a greater blessing for something very little. In the verse, in the verse 7. Verse 7. Go to verse 7. He exchanged a greater blessing for something little. What God had in store for him, he's changing it for something. Sometimes, when that big issue confronts you, it is because, it has not come because God wants to give you up, but rather because he wants to turn something great into your hands. And that was exactly what God had in mind for us at this time around. Watch this, he said, He said, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and had not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. God was going to give him Syria himself. Syria is not escaped from your hand. You only got Israel to get off your, off your, off your back. But I had wanted to give you Syria too. 
but you rather gave money to Syria to go away. Because Syria was backing Kimbasha to overcome. And he thought it was too much for him to handle. Whatever. I still... What is it? What is it? What is it? That after 35 years of rest and peace and prosperity and walking with God, having seen the hand of God, after 35 years, what happened? What happened? What happened to Asa? I'll tell you what happened. I'll show you what happened. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. He says, For the eyes of the Lord, this is what the prophet is saying to uh, Kenasa. And uh, I know that this uh, text is used, is used a lot. But usually the bottom part is not usually read. But today we read all. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong. So we are talking about the walk on the earth. God's eyes go to and fro to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. And then the latter part. Hearing, thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth, thou shalt have wars. You've done foolishly. So hearing lies access problem. His heart was no longer perfect towards God. Because God's eyes, he says, is moving to and fro to see those whose hearts are steadfast following him on course. But after 35 years, having seen all that is to be seen, having seen all the wealth, all the money, all the whatever now, you know, and did not consult God. But you know, God is merciful. God sent the prophet. Asa has been here before. That after, an, after a war or, or a battle, that a prophet approaches him and gives him the word of the Lord. And Asa does a great work. He turns around, rallies all Israel to go after God. This time around, Watch what he does. Verse 10. Then Asa was rough with the seer and put him in and put him in a prison. Put him in a prison house. For he was enraged with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people for the same some of the people the same time. 
What a sad commentary. This time around, he could not receive the message of the prophet. Because he was told, you've done foolishly. Now, God brought his word. And all Asa could have, all Asa could have done was, you know what, Lord? Sorry about this. We turn on to you. God said he's going to have wars. But you know, we know, we, we know God. Do not go to that same place. When God has, God has pronounced judgment upon Nineveh. He said, you are know you. When they repent, you forgive them. I'm not going. So they will remain in their sins so you can judge them. So here, Asa could have just turned. No, he won't. What is it? That the human heart. The human heart. You know what James says? Um, uh, James 1.19 says something. James 1.19 says, It says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rough. That when the word of God comes, what are we supposed to do? That we are to open up, admit it, and not resist the word of God. But here, we find Asa resisting the word of God. He was angry at the word. You know, some, you know, sometimes you do something wrong and someone presents you the word of God and you are angry. You don't like it. Asa found himself right there. He done the, what he done is wrong. The prophet has come with the, with the word. He gets angry and puts him in a prison house. Because he doesn't like what has been said. What has happened to the heart? A man who for 35 years has walked this path with God. And then come the 36 years and upwards, he just turns and wouldn't resort to God at all. What has happened? It doesn't end there. Let's go on. It doesn't end there. Verse 11. And behold. Sorry, verse 12. And Asa, in the 39th year of his reign, was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great. Yet, in his disease... He sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. What is it? The human heart. What is it? He was diseased. It was eating him up. But to seek God, no. What wrong has God done him? No, I will seek God. So he persisted in the path that he has chosen for himself. Sometimes you wonder... Why a person might have taken a wrong turn and they persisted in it. They will not turn back. It's a heart. What we need to understand is that we will never outgrow our ability to sin. 
Hello. 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 We will never outgrow our ability to sin. Now you come to a place where now sinless perfection. Now you've reached, you've come to a place of maturity where you have no where you you are not able to, to disobey God again. After 35 years, there will always be that tendency. You see, I'll just talk to you about some people, a few, a few people. You know, Noah. Noah, after he's seen all the great things of God and all, you know, at the very latter part of his life, when he was, where you can say he was really mature, planted a vineyard, got, got drunk, and then, We will never outgrow it. Abraham, you know he worked with God. After he seen God, done so many things. I mean, he still. I said, you know what? They will kill me. They will kill me for for you. So just say that. Yeah, you are my sister. The tendency is there. God have mercy. Moses. At the rock, we know what happened. Lost, lost, lost his temper. So, no matter how mature we get to, we will not outgrow our ability to commit sin. No. That we need to continually have that childlike heart towards the Lord. We don't come to a place where we say, now I'm mature to be on my own. I don't need God to really, I don't need you to come and counsel me or give me any word of instruction. I'm okay. Brother, you are in the wrong. There's a wrong back. Oh, I'm okay. Don't worry. I'll be fine. No, you won't be fine. Your heart is turned away from the Lord. But the Bible says that, he said, his eyes go to and fro on the earth, seeking those whose hearts are continuously pursuing him. Those whose hearts, those who are continuously pursuing him, following him being submissive, being obedient unto him, and he shows himself strong in their lives. Hello. Hello. You know, there is something about Asa. Let me read. Verse 13. Verse 13. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. It's kind of a sad ending for this man. But, but the Bible says all these writings are for our learning. And then verse 14. And they buried him in his own sepulchres which he had made for himself in the city of David and laid him in the bed in the bed which was filled with sweet odors and diverse kinds of spices prepared by the uh, by the apothecaries that word is very uh, by the apothecaries art 
And they made a very great burning for him. You know something that is sad about this? Asses, carcass, dead body was lying in fragrant perfume. But his name was not. He's had a very wonderful burial, sweet. By the memories of his name, does not bring any sweet <laughs> memories. But here he lies. It is a body with a diseased feet lying in fragrant <laughs> orders. What about his name? Done great work. Finished very bad. You know something? Let me read something to you in Proverbs 10 verse 7. The Bible says that the memory of the just is blessed. Hello? The memory of the just is blessed. But the name of the wicked shall rot. So what we learn from here is this. Our hearts are to remain constantly with a childlike heart before God. And we never come to the place where we say we have reached. For God looks through the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are set towards him. Our God is a God of forgiveness. If we turn the wrong path, he is able to forgive. Certainly, cert cert certainly, Asa could have had some, you know, God, God, God would have dealt with him in a, in a way and still restored him. But he chose not to. He was diseased, but he decided he was not going to seek God for his healing. He rather rely on, upon the physicians. Dangerous, isn't it? But then he found himself. He found himself. We are to continually depend upon the Lord. Hallelujah, to keep us. But you see, we have a bright and a glorious king. His name is Jesus. He may have led Israel on the wrong path, but thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for Christ Jesus. It is said in the book of Ecclesiastes, a good name is better than precious ointment. A good name is better than precious ointment. Here the man lies in sweet fragrances. But his name to God be the glory. 
I end with a statement from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. He says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. This is not to bring discouragement, but rather to make us aware of the human heart. Hello. That you see, it is by the Lord that we stand. It is by grace we stand. That we cannot stand without him. We cannot move further without him. That we need him to sustain us. To keep us. Because Asa clearly. His heart departed from. Depending on the Lord. That when there was war. I wouldn't depend upon the Lord this time. And you thought it was probably just that. He got sick. I still wouldn't depend upon the Lord. I would do it my own way. I can handle it. He stopped depending upon the Lord. His heart was no longer perfect. With the Lord. So, God could not show himself strong in his behalf as he passed this, as, his, as, his, as he journeyed here on this earth. As we journey, let's understand that we need the Lord day by day, moment by moment. There's no day that we don't need him to strengthen our hearts with his word and with his spirit. And when we miss it to understand that God we serve is a forgiving and a merciful God. He's able to forgive and to restore. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. The man who was foolish but we will not be foolish. We will, we will stay our hearts with the Lord. We will keep him always before us. Our hearts will not turn from him. Amen. We will need his instructions and his strength daily. We will not be foolish. Because he was told, you have done foolishly. I pray God this afternoon. That us as example will not be our example. That through our walk here on this earth, our hearts will stay focused upon the Lord, depending upon him each step of the way. Holy Spirit, help us. There is a tendency to think now we are able to sustain ourselves because we've worked with you for a long time. But help us to continually understand that we need you each moment of life. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.